0: to the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, a podcast on all
1: things Marvel on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Steve. I'm Mischievous Dave. And I'm Sean fangirl and today we're talking about Episode 3 of Season 1 of Miss Marvel entitled Destined, written by Freddie Cyborn, AC Bradley, Matthew Chauncey, and directed by Mira Menon. All right, what <laughs> did you guys think of this episode,
2: Dave? I liked it. It's fun. They have a lot of fun. I, I can imagine they're having a lot of fun just making this series. I mean, oh, all the dance routines. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not rating this. I was going to give it four out of five, seven <laughs> blue arms, but I, I changed it to uh, four out of five, gin and tonics.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> john i liked it i definitely liked it i like that we're going kind of quicker now into the meat and potatoes of the story and yes the dance sequence cracked me up because i'm like oh throw a little bollywood in there i love it yeah (laughs) i want to know like how long it took for everyone to learn the dance right because i would have screwed that up (laughs) i'm like no
2: doubt did you ever see the making of dancing from peacemaker no oh it's on look that up yeah
1: it's on youtube I said I want to learn that, just like walking yeah. to the con doing it. Yeah. By the way, little small piece of news before Steve rate: Marvel announced they will be at San Diego Comic-Con.
0: Yes. So oh.
1: now I have to try to get in there so we can talk about it on our Marvelous Postful Podcast.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, this was a fun episode. I'm not sure... I like how they're changing, how she got her powers, but we'll see. I mean, it did, you know, I think they're trying to tie things into the larger MCU, which is fine. Yeah. Because, yeah, I could see, shall we say, the young Avengers coming together here very soon. And it would not surprise me if Captain Marvel made an appearance at the end of this run.
1: It kind I of expected. feels like
0: it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh,
2: maybe she'll come in as a forced ghost.
1: <laughs> I knew it! I knew it!
2: Okay, episode recap. I'll give you a sentence worth for that. The head of year's wedding, come along me. face grave consequences due to her crucial decision she makes. In addition to what Steve is just saying, oh, I had this thought. It's in my head, it's banging around there someplace. <laughs> 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 I'll get to it. Go ahead, Sean.
1: Flashback we're in british occupied india searching for something in a slowly collapsing cave but what eventually it's discovered by the same woman kamala has been seeing in her visions najma and it's the mangle it also happens to be on a severed blue arm so hopefully that's not a bad sign.
2: Guys, think it, a genie. Did you think a genie you. from Aladdin? Yes.
1: <laughs> I was like, nobody's going to mention that it's a blue arm. Just oh shit, right? We'd we be worried it's on a severed arm. No, you you forgot the bigger part there. Right, mm. the blue part. <laughs> that had me like, we're just not going to talk about that. And yeah, I just mm-hmm. immediately think Aladdin and I start singing it in my head. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> Aisha, Kamala Khan's great-grandmother, enters the cave, which also happens to have the symbol of the ten rings carved into the floor, interesting, and asks to see the bangle as they all crowd around the artifact. Unfortunately, the British soldiers are quickly closing in on them, and the group realizes that they've got to get out of here. The man from the temple said that they would need two bangles, and right now they've only got one, and Aisha decides that one's gonna have to do. As everyone else is escaping, she puts it on, feels something powerful, travel. through through her and we do see the bangle like expand yes go back and she just says did you see that and of course Najma did not see anything as she was looking up with a solemn hung goodbye the two women decide to separate and avoid the soldiers and that was the last time Najma saw Aisha and the bangle until today that is present day Najma explains her journey to now a stunned Kamala a stunned silent Kamala which seems to be a big thing as Najma tells it, they're from another dimension, including Aisha. Yeah, of course. Kamala with half whispers to herself. <laughs> the story Najma tells is that they were exiled from their dimension, not by choice, and are just trying to get back home. Wait, you were exiled? That's never a good thing. No. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get back home was Phantom Dimension. Yeah. Yep. Jail. Kamala's next question is also very important because how old are they? Don't worry. While everyone else might be decades old, Cameron is in fact only 17. And Kamala brings <laughs> a relief. <laughs> Phew. In another room, Kamala thanks Najma for saving her from the Department of Damage Control. Najma <sighs> explains that they didn't even realize Asha had any family until Kamala put on the bangle and they sensed the nore. In this dimension, they can't unlock their full powers, but somehow Kamala can with the help of the bracelet. After some back and forth, Kamala realizes that Najma Watch the bangle. It was Aisha's wish for them to all be home again, and Najma wants to do just that. Does she, though? No.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what had me a little puzzled was, yeah, they're all gin. but is Kamala Jinn? Yeah, just because her great-grandmother was... I'm not so sure she's 100% a djinn, so I guess we'll see if they ever clarify that.
1: I still want to know why they were banished. Yeah. I'm sure they were criminals. There's
0: no doubt about it in my mind. It doesn't seem like Aisha's a criminal, though. No, which no, is was- weird. I guess they were just all associated together one way or the other, and whoever banished them took the whole lot. Yeah. If you knew each other, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, there's still a lot of information Kamala doesn't know. Like, where is this home? Also, what are they? Najma explains that they're clandestines, and though they've gone by many names before, they're more commonly referred to as Jin, and that's mm-hmm. never a good thing. <laughs> Going all the way back to Sleepy Hollow, Sean.
1: <laughs>
0: well, that's not a word Kamala wanted to hear. With this much information to process, there's only one person Kamala wants to talk to, and that's Bruno. Brian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except that the night before, all she texted him was, I'm alive, and then went radio silent for eight hours. Also, don't forget Bruno. She's trying to drop the name Nightlight, since it sounds like she's a hero for little kids. (laughs) Bruno himself has a lot to unload as well, but Kamala's got even more and collapses onto his couch. She tries to explain to him that she's not Asgardian or alien or anything cool like that, but rather the stuff of my childhood nightmare. Why, I'm not sure she's really a, a gin. Mm. And since the clandestines need Kamala's help, henceforth she needs Bruno's help sorting it all out. But that's not all. Kamala also needs to know about interdimensional travel, so does Bruno by chance... Know anything about the Noor dimension off the top of his head? Well, surprisingly enough, Bruno might know something.
1: Who did he say he read the paper by?
0: The god of interdimensional
2: travel. <laughs> Eric.
1: Yeah, from the
2: Thor movies.
1: Yes. Oh, because I'm like, did he say Xavier? Because <laughs> Yeah, it. no. I'm like, Is that how they're going to bring in the mutants slowly? <sighs> yeah. Meanwhile, over
0: at the mosque, Agent Deaver has arrived with a handful of DODC
1: agents. Oh my god, she oh. just needs her ass beat. Yes.
0: <laughs> Though she instructs them to fan out and search the area, and Nakia stops them with a bunch of legal jargon she learned from watching TV and knows they can't comb the area without a warrant. <laughs>
2: I'm lo- Next well, time, yeah. take your shoes off. <laughs> if I can learn German from Hogan's Heroes, you can learn law. Right? From the TV. Absolutely. <laughs> Back at home, Kamala herself searching through social media for a nightlight when Nakia bursts in. Kamala is just about to confess to her best friend about being nightlight when Nakia spots the new superhero on her computer and completely unloads timing and everything yeah is pretty upset about the dodc coming to the mosque while kamala is pretty upset to hear that the dodc is even looking for her in the first place maybe now isn't the best time to tell Nake her secret Knox also because naki has got more news which is uh, she's the latest board member of the mosque the nightlight confession will have to wait for another time downstairs at the house the Mindy party has begun Maniba sits and talks with Auntie Shirin when her mother Sana comes up. Unfortunately, Sana couldn't make the trip to the States, but Maniba tries not to let it bother her. Sana didn't go to Maniba's wedding either. Mothers and daughters, it's the eternal struggle, Auntie Shirin remarks, turning to Kamala, you will sure not to give your mother any trouble. Didn't she say it took her
1: (laughs) No, (sighs) no trouble at all. At
2: all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Didn't she say it took her like eighteen hours and four stops?
1: I thought yes. it was 48 hours with or, yeah. four oh. <laughs> Wow! I'm just like, God, that's a lot of time on that plane. That's like, brutal. The
2: yeah, I can relate to that. Bruno, unfortunately, can't make the party, but drops a present off for Kamala. She takes it outside, but before she can open it, Sheik Abdullah joins her. She's distressed about not told her about the DODC agent showing up. Kamala asks Sheik Abdullah if there's anything that this nightlight can do. To show everyone that she's a good person. Good is not a thing you are, Kamala. It's a thing you do, he tells her with a chuckle before walking away.
1: Do you think he knows? I think (laughs) so. (laughs) I do. Yeah, maybe. I don't know why, but I do.
0: Hmm. I just made a feeling
1: like he kind of figured it out. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. Is there anything she can do to prove that she's a good girl? (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) You're just waving a red flag there, Kamala.
1: Right. Yeah. That's
0: me.
2: It's good to have an Obi Wan like person on your show, though. Yes. <laughs> Kamala then opens Bruno's package to find a small blue mask inside. We haven't seen uh, her costume. We see it on the promos and posters and stuff. When are we going to see the new costume?
0: Right.
1: Uh, as soon. Yeah. As for, yeah, I wonder where she's going to get it from. I I'm th- trying to. Th- I think it's going to happen because of what happened in the last scene. That, that yeah, she'll get it
2: because right. everything will progress. Okay. As for Bruno. He's still stuck with his circle Q shift when Yusuf comes by for a secret stash of cherry pie.
1: <laughs>
2: Yusef can't help but notice that Bruno's working on which happens to be a lot of stuff about Jinn. Offering to help translates and reads some of it for him and explains there is a, a group of Jinn that were exiled from their own home and have been forced to live out the rest of their days and hours. Completely not putting Bruno at ease, Yusef ends his translation by saying that they need a primordial power to get home.
1: I thought that was pretty interesting, too. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like, oh, oh, this is interesting. Like, he doesn't think anything of it. He's like, but I've never heard this one before. So, again, yeah. making me wonder if dad will start pulling the threads and be like, wait a second. Right. But we're halfway it, through the season. Yes. <laughs> so they better do some more pulling real quick. <laughs> well, now Bruno must explain all of this to Kamala to digest it. If you help them go home, some things might go boom. <laughs> I love and That's not that- good. He explained it the other way, and then she's like, now say it like you have a social life. It's like, oh, (laughs) wow. You would have been that girl that was a smartass to uh, Banner, too, wouldn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Back in his room, Kamala paces back and forth, trying to figure out what to do, and Bruno blurts out that he got into Caltech, and he thinks he needs to go. But he doesn't want to leave until he knows that Kamala's going to be okay. And Kamala's quick to point out that she'll be fine. She just needs to help Najma. Carol Danvers wouldn't hesitate if she knew what she can do and help someone. I love it. He's like, yeah, Carol Danvers is reckless. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's like, we don't want you to blow everything up. Someone else who wants to help is Mumiba, because she knows her daughter isn't going through something, but she doesn't know what it is. And they had a nice little chat while bandaging her knee, because I love the superhero landing, and yes, it hurts. It's (laughs) horrible on your knees if you watch Deadpool. He told you that. Yep. The <laughs> comes in and asks what's wrong, and though Kamala doesn't confess anything, exactly, she knows something's up. But she does say to her, whatever mountain you're facing, you don't have to do it alone. It's exactly what Kamala needed to hear right now, but I don't think she's ready to tell her anything either. No. Speaking of mothers, Najma has Cameron's phone. Yeah, that's not creepy. I mm-hmm. thought she no. was the one that was texting Kamala <laughs> <Yeah>. earlier then. <laughs> She can see that Cameron and Kamala were messaging back and forth, and though Kamala wants to help, she can't right now. She needs a little bit more time. Yeah, she's got an attitude about it because Cameron's like, okay, we'll give you the time you need, but Najma's like, "Uh uh-uh. This got to happen right now. Yep. She went south pretty fast. Holy crap. I'm like, oh, so these are the bad guys, obviously. Because she's done asking for Kamala's help. We're going to make her do it. It's like, what? Yeah. Are you going to try to cut off her arm for the bangle? What are you doing? (laughs) However, there's no time for that because Amir is getting married. It's finally wedding day and he and Taisha tie the knot. All those dance lessons that Kamala and Nakia were talking about are finally paying off. As the whole family, and extended family, have a surprise for the happy couple. A huge dance number involving everyone. So cute, so Bollywood. I loved it. Yes, (laughs) which was a surprise for Taisha as well. And I love that Taisha's family too, because I don't think she was expecting her parents to get up there. (laughs) This then leads into
0: a slow dance, and Kamala asks Bruno if if he wants to. Just when we think that these two are going to have a moment with Brown (laughs) Jovi playing in the background, that had me cracking up. (laughs) Yes, I cracked up. (laughs) Comran rushes in to warn Kamala that his mother's coming, and she's mad. Everyone is in danger. Not knowing what else to do, Kamala sticks to the classic and pulls the fire alarm, sending everyone out of the banquet room. Bruno's now in charge of getting everyone out, while Comran tries to reason with his mother one last time, and that's not gonna work. Kamala, meanwhile, heads through a service door and races down the back hallways trying to avoid the clandestine. Arriving in the kitchen, Kamala gives chase, trying to avoid them, but it's no use. They're all much stronger than Kamala, and all she can do is shoot out hard light to try and stop the blows. Najma then turns off all the lights and picks up a frying pan and smack, hits it as hard as she can against the wall to reveal Kamala's location. Oldest trick in the book, Kamala.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she falls back into the ballroom as the floor clandestines attack her from all sides, using their weapons and wedding tablecloths and chairs to try to slow her down. It was a good fight scene.
1: It was pretty good. That's uh, when... Get a
2: dress park flashback.
1: Trying to figure out the dude with the belt, though. Right, yeah. That's your power? Your belt expands? And you start just using it? (laughs) At least his pants didn't drop. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's when Bruno appears to try and help, but he's immediately hit with the wedding chair and is thrown (laughs) backward. As the clandestine closes in on him, Kamala uses more hard light to punch him square in the face and protect Bruno, if only for a second.
2: Yeah, I like that
0: big fist coming out.
2: Yeah, me too. I (laughs) wanted to see more of that. (laughs) Yeah. Comran arrives as backup, siding with Kamala in the fight. He tries to stop his mother and the rest of the clandestines as best he can and even he's not strong enough to hold them back. fight spills into the lobby where Kamala quickly realizes she's surrounded. Najma makes a move for the bracelet and grabs Kamala's wrist when another vision appears. A train is suddenly barreling down the tracks of both Kamala and Najma as they stand there frozen. It's just enough of a distraction for the DODC agents to move in. I was like, what? Are they good guys now? Yeah. <laughs> I guess they no, have the modes. they're
0: just going to take the, <laughs> <laughs> who they can catch.
2: They manage to knock out all the clandestines as Kamala and Bruno hurry off to safety outside. Reaching the loading dock, Kamala turns back and sends some hard light to keep the door closed. And that's when Nakia turns the corner and sees what Kamala just did. Both stunned and shocked, Nakia wants answers, but there's no time for them. Bruno insists that Kamala must get away from here since the DODC is looking for her, and Nakia has no choice but to let her best friend go as Kamala promises to explain everything. Things go from bad to worse for Kamala as she arrives home to her family that is both worried about her and furious. Maniba immediately asks if she's the one who pulled the fire alarm, but Kamala won't answer. Kamala can't answer. All Maniba wants is the truth, but Kamala can't bring herself to say it. She's got close, though. Yes, yeah, she has. She heads up to her room to sulk alone. Lying in her bed, phone rings, and it's a call from Nani in Pakistan. Close I up and personal. Yeah, yeah,
1: I love how she still hasn't figured it out. <laughs> yeah, like, why yeah. is it, like, looking up your nose? Pull it <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Well, Kamala answers, but she can't talk right now, but Sana is insistent. Did you see it? Her grandmother asks. Kamala's confused. See what? Nani explains that Kamala and her mother must come to Pakistan now because she saw the train, too. Wow. So does she have the other bangle? Maybe
0: she's not. Sure. She seems so dippy or or dizzy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she can't use a phone. Gatterbrained
1: <laughs> Yeah. See, I'm I'm thinking she's going because of this, and her and her mom, like she's going to tell her mom something, and then they're going to go to Pakistan, and that's when she's going to get the the new costume. Yeah, that's there you go. what I'm thinking.
2: Okay. So, who is her mother always referring to when she says, just like people with outsized imagination leads always to trouble? Was she referring to her mother or her or her grandmother, which was uh, Kamala's great-grandmother, right?
0: Right, yeah. Uh, that's a good question. It could be both. Hmm. Because, you know, there's something there between Muniba and Nani, because Nani didn't show up for her grandson's wedding? Yeah. What the hell? So, yeah, it's very possible Aisha handed may or may not have you know she handed one bangle down mm-hmm. and yeah i'm sure nani got curious too and put it on and went uh-oh <laughs> yeah, yeah i
1: think she has they all have powers and mumiva is just like thinking that oh no it's just something my mom said and it's not real and right trying to play it off because she doesn't want to believe it
2: Guys, think we're gonna see uh aisha i do i mean she she's yeah me too she has oh aisha.
1: absolutely yeah <laughs> I don't think you're going to see it in the next episode, but I think they will be in Pakistan and Nani will explain everything. Mumiba will be like, no, that's not real. Blah, blah, blah. And then (laughs) somehow at like maybe the end of the episode we'll end up seeing her or something.
2: Yeah. What do you mean? It's not real. What do we have to do? Throw a train at you to get get you to believe it. (laughs) All she's all Kamala's got to do is just give her
0: mom some hard light. (laughs) Yeah. See, mom, it is real.
2: I'll put you on a pedestal. So, <laughs> Kamala Khan's clandestine origin revealed. Episode 3 begins to reveal the truth about Kamala's power. It seems her great-grandmother, Aisha, was a jinn one of the group known as clandestines, Jin exiles from another dimension of about 100 years ago. I was a little sad to hear that. And, um, I, I don't know a lot about the origins or Ms. Marvel, for that matter. Right.
0: I'd still rather it been in humans and Terrigen Mist, but uh, oh well.
2: Oh well. <laughs> they possess the ability to manipulate an injury called Nor. although their ability to access the power in this dimension is limited. Good thing, I guess. Yes, thank God. Yeah. Kamala seems to be able to tap into it in a stronger way. However, because she was born in this dimension, she is yet to inherit Noor all the time. His Marvel's mysterious bangles somehow tied to the gin, one of the two bracelets, bracelets they sought to allow them to return to their home, the Noir Dimension. The Clandestine are deep-cut into Marvel Comics lore, although they've been switched up somewhat. In the comics, the members of the Clan Destine are upper superpower children of Adam of Destine and Eliath of a Jin, and they possess, possess uh, different abilities. They're a little-known group who starred in a handful of comic back in the 90s, crossing paths with the X-Men in one miniseries, with Marvel hoping to boost them based on the mutant's popularity at the time was Marvel's Clan Destine appear to be original characters, although Adam's name is a nod to the original. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember the comics in the '90s. Wow. Yeah, hey, they would be all over the place. There were some big hits, and there were some clear misses back then. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So they're also known as the Unseen. Apparently, the clandestines have been known by many other names in the past, one of which ties to the Marvel Watcher, the, universe, the multiversal observer who drives a narrative Marvel's what-if. Yep. They are also called the Unseen, not unclean, a name claimed in the comics by beings who could avoid the Watcher's sight, acting without his knowledge. Well, that means trouble. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. That guy doesn't have enough to worry about. The other names are rooted in the <laughs> real world. Anaji means uh, foreigner, stranger, exotic, other, while Mijun refers to someone who is considered mentally ill. Well, maybe uh... I would
0: say that qualifies for <laughs>
1: Maja.
2: Yeah, it seems to me that's the way Kamala's mother looks at it, too. Right.
1: That's why I'm thinking she knows way more than she's saying. Yeah. Something must have ha-
2: Well, we know plenty happened, but it really turned her mother against it. Right. So a flashback to 1942 reveals the origin of Ms. Marvel's bracelet with several members of the clandestine, including Aisha, discovering in an ancient temple they were actually looking for two bracelets, but the others assumed to have been looted by the British at some point. I wonder why they thought that. I mean, wouldn't the British use it or somebody?
0: <laughs> well, if they didn't have any of the power, it, it's just a bangle.
2: Oh, That's probably really all it is. <laughs> maybe they had the rest of the, the blue body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, maybe they did find but, the blue body. That yeah. Uh, yeah. The temple appears to be dedicated to the Ten Rings, a powerful group established by Wen Wu that operated in the shadows for centuries and was of particular importance to Sang Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings. Wen Wu had discovered other ancient artifacts of tremendous power that fabled Ten Rings themselves, and it seems at one point he possessed two bangles as well. Woo-hoo. Marvel has claimed their rewrite of Kamala Khan ties into the wider story being told in the MCU, and this may well be an important clue to the point where Kamala Khan's place in the MCU. Yeah, they, yeah, I guess you have to do that.
1: Well, we are going to get another Shang Chi, I think, at some point. So are
2: we? Okay. Oh yeah. So Ms. Marvel bangles. Or found worn by somebody with blue skin, like likely meaning kind of distant. Found them on the severed hand of an alien Kree. It's unclear why Kree was at the Ten Rings Temple, or why the hand was sliced off in the first place. But this does likely indicate the bracelets were Kree negabands. In the comics, these possess a link to the other dimensional negative zone, and they were worn by Kree hero Marvel. He had a negative zone that was like Boston before they won the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This Cree connection should be seen as an important setup for the Marvels, given Captain Marvel's Cree
1: ties. Yeah, but all ties in. Yep. Maybe they're just building on <coughs> for the next phase.
2: Yeah. So, as we discussed, either Bruno named Doc- Dr. Eric Selvig. Uh, in episode three, we see Bruno begin to do research on the possibility of interdimensional travel and he name-drops Dr. Eric Selvig, a key supporting character in the Thor movies. This is more than just an Easter egg because there's a sense in which Eric Selvig is the MCU's true multiverse expert who was last seen in Thor The Dark World, already using terms that are now becoming foundational to the MCU's approach to the multiverse. Did we see him ever again? I thought we did in something. I just can't put my finger on it or just imagining it. Maybe it was a flashback. Yeah, it could be. According to Bruno, Dr. Selvig suggests it is indeed possible to travel between the dimensions, but you need the uh, base energy of the sun. Oh, that's all. That all? <clears throat> yeah. No, Maggie. <laughs> yeah. Amusingly, Ms. Marvel is releasing shortly after Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which introduced America Chavez, a character who can punch holes in space-time jumping between the dimensions. That sounds useful. It seems <laughs> episode 3 reveals just how powerful America Chavez is. Yeah. And let's get a little bit into the Ms. Marvel's power and re- responsibility line, because you're always going to hear that. Episode 3 sees Kamala giving the wise advice from her, Iman. Good is not a thing you are. It's the thing you do <laughs> is a direct quote from Ms. Marvel number five, where Kamala Khan reaches the same realization, and she's prepared to suit up to save the day. It's the Ms. Marvel equivalent of power and responsibility, so it's great to see it incorporated into the MCU. Episode three also takes an unexpected twist with damage control, introduced in episode one's post-credits, joining the and taking down several members of clandestine. Yeah, where were you guys before? Exactly. It, this time, the, uh, I, I wonder, uh, you know, the weapons they used? Right. You think they were repurposed? Star weapons? Tech. Absolutely! Oh,
1: of course they are.
2: Yeah, well, I think more the left by the aliens. During that in,
1: oh, the, that battle, Manhattan. Battle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I can see that too.
2: Yeah, this. Well, we know the bad guys are doing it, so why not the good guys? Yep. This time, the field agents are accompanied by a tactical strike team—a riff on Cape Killers seen in the comics after the superhero Civil War. The original Cape Killers were entitled Shield Agents, who've been trained to police the Superhuman Registration Act, and the MCU's version clearly possesses advanced technology, suggesting Damage Control is indeed repurposing text that they acquire from their mission no doubt the rest of clandestine will be will object to leaving some of the uh, members in their hands of damage control meaning ms marvel is likely to see the two groups of antagonists go head to head well sure If <laughs> Give them both lightsabers, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's It'll be exciting to see just what the cape Killers can do.
1: I wonder if this is the way to bring in, oh, my God, I'm having a brain fart. Is it the Dark Avengers or something with the new Captain America that everybody hated and Yelena and there was something else?
2: Yeah. Like, I know they're going to be the cape up. Killers. Maybe. That would be cool. A small world. Yeah,
1: it would be. <laughs> I'm just but wondering that- because I don't know how they were going to bring that group in exactly.
2: Yeah, they didn't call them the Dark Avengers. What the heck I did they call think,
1: I can't think what it is, but you guys know what I mean, basically. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it would make sense, because even if the DODC has a lot of slick tech, when you're going against... Uh, But, you're more than likely going to need more than tech to take them down. But, of course, they took them down pretty easily.
2: Yeah, well, they're underpowered thanks to our dimension, I guess. Yeah, that's true.
0: And they weren't expecting it. Right.
2: Yeah, I thought of that, too. Yeah.
0: Any more thoughts on this episode?
2: There's a lot to incorporate. They reach into a little bit of everything, and it's hard to keep everything straight. But as long as they keep dishing it out to us, I'm all for it. Right. Yeah. I
1: am really enjoying, though, how they're pulling more and more in. And giving us more than just like, okay, we're going to set this up and then we'll eventually get to a storyline because obviously we needed some origin. And now we're, oh, you're not going to help us? We're going to make you. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, they weren't able to turn it as fast as they did with um, Kate's story in Hawkeye, but that's understandable. She's a, basically a new character that we really need to understand where she stands. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm thinking that this, either we're going to get a season two or we're going to go right into the young Avengers somehow, some way at the end Mm. of this six episodes that all of a sudden.
1: Well, the last Captain
0: Marvel grabs. Yes.
1: And San Diego Comic Con (laughs) is July 19th. Yeah. That's when it starts. I'm sorry, July 20th. And Marvel is normally. In Hall H, which is the big hall, on Saturday night. Right. So hopefully by the next week from the final, we will have some information of what's going to happen, where they're going to go, when we're going to see all these people again. Right. Because I'm like super excited about it.
2: So I was just looking up uh U.S. agent. He's the character. that right, uh, right. alluded to the, Dark yeah, Avengers. From, <laughs> Captain America and yes. the Winter Soldier. right. He's also aligned with S.T.A.R.S., the Invaders, the Civil War, Omega Flight, Mighty Avengers, Thunderbolts. I think most people expect Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Yeah, but also Dark Avengers, too. Right. Oh, so. you, Yeah, <laughs> yep, guy gets around. Yes.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at the Avengers, they've had so many different people in it. I mean, Wolverine was leading them at one time, too. So, (laughs) I mean, there's a lot to mash up. I just want them to somehow bring mutants in more than a name drop here and there. Right. Like, we got one mutant in the Black Widow movie.
2: I think uh, they're waiting for San Diego to drop a, a bomb on us.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because originally they said they weren't going to be there and they just right. announced it so it's like oh my god yeah they've they been playing it they planned this the whole oh, time of course they did. <laughs> because now everyone's like oh my god i have to camp out and i'm like oh my god right. i pay too much for a room to camp <laughs> yeah. right so, but i will make sure that i have at least somebody in there that'll give me the information if i right. can't get in
0: <laughs> all right yeah. well we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback, be it email or audio, to contact us at fangirlzone.com.
2: Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps other fans of the show find us, as there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Tell your friends, that I hope you're enjoying our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts.
1: Don't forget you can go over to www.fangirlzone.com, check out our contacts page with all the ways to get a hold of us. We will always answer you, even if it's after the season is over, and... If you have any questions that you want answered, make sure you let us know, and when I'm out in San Diego, I will dig through and try to find <laughs> information. So, for this episode of the Marvelous Post-Blip Podcast...
0: I'm Steve. You know, there's just something about their syntheticness
1: that I just can't <laughs> resist. I'm Sean Fangirl-S, and what does this say? The Jenner from what? <laughs> and this is Mischievous Dave. You know I
2: have a favorite bangle? It's Susanna Hoffs. I love her.